When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Full disclaimer, if my big bloated pasty butt sounds a bit distracted tonight, it's because I am. So Amber Wilson, buckle your seatbelt because we're going for a ride. Little Brother's on national TV tonight, and anybody who's listened to this show when I was with Freddie Coleman, it's not exactly a, a smooth sail when I'm watching Little Brother coaching in the National Football League, especially when you know they might get their butts kicked. With Amber Wilson, I'm Ian Fitzsimmons here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. As we are presented in part by Progressive Insurance, it's Carolina at Chicago. Carolina, three-point favorite coming into this thing, or three-point dog, excuse me, coming into this thing. And Well, Amber, I'm not feeling really good about it, but I do like one thing. Quick bet to your hands bleed right off the get-go. Give me the under 38 tonight because it's prime time. And on a primetime Thursday, uh-uh, it's going to be ugly football. So give me the under 38, but I'm telling you, warning you right now, Amber, this is going to be a rough ride. Forewarned, forearmed, as Bill Polian once said. It's going to be a rough ride because it's the Bears and the Panthers, right? Also because it's <laughs> Thursday night football. I mean, Thursday night football is a rough ride if we had the Chiefs and the Eagles. But now you have the Bears and the Panthers on a short week here on Thursday night football. Ooh. It's going to be ugly. You're talking about two teams that have scored fewer than 20 points in a majority of their games. You're talking about two defenses that have also struggled in the overwhelming majority of their game. The Panthers are tied with the Broncos for the most points allowed per game at over 28 points per game. The Bears are tied with the Colts for the fourth most and almost 27 points per game. This is going to be a, uh, well... A slugfest uh, yeah, of I mean, the worst of the worst. Here's, here's, the, one, here's the one thing I, that I, I don't I'm like. I'm trying to sell it, Ian. I'm trying yeah, to sell no, it. It's it's not, it, it there's no point. Well. Don't even try, right? It, it, it's, uh, it's on Prime Video. For ESPN, we'd be selling the hell out of it. But well, it's not. So, you know, it's, it's one where Thursday Night Football, it's just, it's just nasty. It is. And it has been. I remember before the season began, Al Michaels was in a, under a lot of criticism because he, he wasn't very enthusiastic by some critics, you know, you know, analysis of from last year on the first year on prime. And he said, what was there to be enthusiastic about? Did you watch the product on the field? I'm not going to try and pretend that I'm enjoying this when I'm not. And I know America's not, I mean, the short week one is not for, for a, for a league that is preaching. We are all about player health. And we are aware of trying to make the game safer and everything else. This is about one of the most unsafe things that you can do. The short week in the National Football League. Having it every single week, it's just not right. Thanksgiving is one thing. That's a long-standing tradition. I get it. And the Cowboys want it, and the Lions want it. You try and take that away from them, and you'll see you know, two franchises fighting you till, till, to the death. But every single week... I mean, you're, you're talking about playoffs are, are on the line. Jobs are on the line for coaches, you know, and, and the players out there. And it has just become an awful, awful product. But you know what's crazy? We still watch because right. it's a National Football League. Because it's football. Every other sport is laughing at that idea, right? That it's too short of a week because every other sport 
plays over and over and over and over again. I mean, football's a joke from that perspective that these guys get a full week in between games. And it's unusual that they only have to do it 17 times. That's highly unusual compared to the other sports. So they're all laughing at this, even tough sports, even hockey, where, you know, some of those injuries are unbelievably gruesome, speaking of injuries. But the thing is, Beyond that perspective, beyond the injury perspective, beyond the toughness perspective from the professional athlete standpoint is the fan perspective here from just what you have to watch. And it's just not a good product. It's not good football that we get on Thursday. From even the best teams, we don't get good football on Thursdays. Now we're watching two of the worst teams tonight. She's Amber Wilson on me and Fitzsimmons. You can be a part of uh, the Amber and Ian show on the on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Call us at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper. The one fans deserve. One of the best running backs in college football on a top-10 team will join us coming up later on in the program. Speaking of college football, now just to the field, right? And Justin Fields is... He's banged up, won't go again tonight. And this is one where a lot of people are going, well, is it time for the Bears to move on from Justin Fields? My thought is, look who he's had as, uh, coaching him in his entire short career in the National Football League. If the Bears want to go ahead and punt on Justin Fields, I say do so at your own peril because this dude is a baller. When he's got talent around him like any NFL quarterback, it's going to make you that much better. But you also have to have coaches that put you in a position to succeed. And right now, he has not had that his entire career in the National Football League. Here's Mel Kuyper Jr., ESPN NFL analyst on Carlin versus Joe, talking about the Bears and whether they should or should not move on from Justin Fields. We have a quarterback that some thought could be great this year, and everybody was expecting a lot of progress from him. Things have contributed to Justin Fields falling back a bit. But where you're sitting right now, you can get a Caleb Williams, possibly. If it works out where Chicago's picking one, two, you get Caleb and Marvin Harrison, then you move on from Justin Fields. Whether that's the right move or not, we'll see. I think Justin Fields has a lot of ability. You guys were touching on it. Seeing the field, being a little late. Late's never great. Okay, late is never great. And with a quarterback, if you just that split second that Justin will wait, even at Ohio State, he did it. So just just letting it rip earlier is something once he got that down, if he keeps working on that, he can be a really good quarter. He showed signs of that last year. I, I hate this. I hate this thing that we do to these quarterbacks where last year there was times that we were watching Justin Fields. He wasn't just showing some talent. He was electric. He was truly exciting to watch. Now, some of it, of course, is what he's able to do and his ability outside the pocket. But Justin Fields is a true athlete and on top of that, a good quarterback at times. He's on a terrible team. So it's hard to be consistently a great quarterback on that terrible team. It's hard when you're battling through injuries. We haven't seen him. We're not going to see him again tonight. And it's impossible to really evaluate Justin Fields with the situation that he's been in. But I know what the talent looks like at the NFL level. I have seen the talent show up at the NFL level. Is Caleb Williams going to show talent at the NFL level? I mean, we have no idea. And that's the weird thing about this, that everyone's so sure that the next guy is going to work out. Even if you take a guy with the top three pick at that position, Ian, you've got about a 50% hit rate. And that's only if you're a top three pick at the quarterback position. It drops off dramatically after that, right? You 
are most likely going to draft a guy that is not going to work out. So why are we so sure that each and every year, the next guy is the best guy? The next guy is going to be better. At least with Justin Fields, I have seen the snippets of the talent at this level. Yes, he has things to work on, but he's been on a very bad team, a team that was ripped all the way down to the studs to be rebuilt in a very long rebuilding process. She's Amber Wilson. I'm Ian Fitzsimmons here on ESPN Radio. I I talk to the same four NFL scouts every week getting ready for a college football game, Amber. And when I asked about Caleb Williams, because you you just invoked that name and and, and, Mel Kuyper just invoked that name, I've had USC twice this year. Uh, Mark Kestesher and Kelly Stauffer on the call. And these four scouts each told me the exact same thing. There are four names that they, com- that they use as comps for Caleb Williams. Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence, John Elway. That's the list. That's I've amazing. I've heard that before, though. I've heard That's that with guys that don't work out. Praise. Oh, yeah, no, there's a, there's a ton of guys that don't work out. But this but young also man, get, compared to those guys when they're coming out of college, I mean, everyone's Peyton Manning and, and, until they act, and until they aren't, right? And it, it's just it, if you see no talent, you know, if you're, oh, I, I'm having a brain fart right now. Well, who was the the quarterback that Arizona drafted before Kyler let let him go? He came to the Dolphins as a backup. Jo- Josh, Josh, oh, Josh Rosen. Rosen the, the there cho- you go, Josh the, Rosen. Thank you, Rosen the Chosen. With, with the Rose, Josh Rosen situation, like he gets he gets drafted. Arizona clearly saw early on this is not going to work, and credit to Arizona that they felt comfortable immediately addressing that situation in the following draft, drafting Kyler, getting rid of Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen did not end up, it appears, to work out when he so maybe he saw that right away. That would be one thing if you felt confident, hey, we made a big mistake here coming in. But we were having conversations about Justin Fields at points last year, Ian, where we all thought that he showed a ton of talent and a ton of promise. This guy isn't a dud by any means. I mean, I understand, again, that he's on a bad team with an organization that has been ripped all the way down to the stud. This isn't Matt Eberflus's draft pick. This isn't Ryan Pohl's draft pick, okay? So I, I, I understand he's got a short leash, but I would just caution them because, yes, the next guy might be their guy that they chose, but it doesn't mean that guy is going to work out any better in the National Football League. Yeah, and I was on the draft uh, coverage with, at the time, Darian Oka and Bill Polian when Josh Rosen was chosen, and all three of us looked at each other and went, no. <laughs> Polian ripped it upside down and sideways, and he was spot on. So uh, to your point, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't always work out, but if I'm the Bears, I'm not punting just yet on Justin Fields. I'm with you. All right, coming up next, we switch gears. The comedy that surrounds the Michigan sign-stealing scandal just took a twist, and it's the most Michigan thing ever. We explain next when you return here on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Come on, lady! Bet till your hands bleed. Uh, let's cash a ticket. Here on Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio with Amber Wilson on me and Fitzsimmons. Thanks for spending part of your evening with us. We're 28-19-2 against the number. A college grid this time. We already gave you the under in Thursday night football, under 38, according to ESPN Bet. Give me Louisville, minus 20. Buy it down is 20 and a half. Buy it to 20. Playing Virginia at home, I think Louisville hangs a big number on them. Give me the Cardinals, minus the points. All right, Amber, let's get into it. Michigan. Uh, here we go again. This may be the most Michigan thing that Michigan can do. And I, I, we can't make this up, folks. If you don't know, if you're not familiar with the attitude of Michigan alums or the Michigan fan base, they feel like they are better than any walk of human on the planet. They feel like they are the elite of the elite of humanity. They believe truly that they are smarter than you are. They're better looking than you are. They believe that everyone is beneath them. Like we are all cockroaches. That's Michigan. And I appreciate them for it because they have embraced it and they run with it and they own it. And that to me, I salute you for it. But this is the latest twist in the Michigan sign stealing scandal. (laughs) You can't make this up. The Michigan is a law professor named Daniel Crane at the University of Michigan Law School. He is arguing in the Yale Journal of Regulation that NCAA bylaws prohibit advanced scouting that violates antitrust laws. Let me say that again. You have a Michigan law professor named Daniel Crane arguing in the Yale Journal of Regulation that NCAA bylaws prohibiting advanced scouting violate antitrust law. This is a new level of Michigan, Amber. Now, you are an attorney. Will you please, the floor is yours, will you please let people know what this truly means, if anything, or is it just absolutely comical to an nth degree of Michigan being Michigan? It's not as comical to me, but I understand why it's comical to everybody else on the outside because it's a law professor from Michigan and he's writing in what amounts to the Yale Law Review, an article about these accusations against Michigan and how they might be an antitrust violation. I actually found his article, they nerded me, incredibly fascinating. It's a very short law review article compared to most. And basically what he says, and off the top, he does say, although I'm employed by the University of Michigan, this is just my opinion, of course. He's not representing the University of Michigan in any way. You have to put that caveat in there. But he's going to be coming from a standpoint of of somewhat maybe defending or exposing what could be the problem for the Big Ten or the NCAA in going after Michigan. What I do think is interesting here, he mentions that the idea of 
the off-campus in-person scouting of future opponents in the same season being the prohibition that Michigan has allegedly violated. That might be an issue with antitrust laws. And what he says is apparently, according to him, the uh, precipice of that rule comes from 1994 when it was adopted as a cost-cutting measure designed to promote equity for programs that couldn't afford to send skills to other games. So that makes sense. In other words, at some point, the NCAA decided, hey, we can't allow some schools to have scouts that they can afford to send to other games and others not, and then this is going to create unfair competition economically the schools with more money are going to be better because they can scout their opponents in person, right? So that's what they did. They're trying to level the playing field in the name of competition. Well, what he's arguing is when you try to level the playing field in the name of competition, it's a problem for courts. And it has become a problem lately. And what he's citing is some of these challenges in courts that we've seen in recent years where the Supreme Court unanimously held that the NCAA's enforcement of rules limiting members' school compensation of student-athletes up to the full cost of their education violated the Sherman Act, the antitrust statute. Six years before that, the Ninth Circuit had reached a similar decision when it came to NIL. That's, of course, the O'Bannon case that ends up being the legalization of NIL in most states, right? We have these cases throughout the court system where there was another one, the the National Collegiate Athletic Association, where it was about television rights. And the Supreme Court held that the NCAA's limitation on television broadcasting rights also violated the Sherman Act. So lately, this law professor is arguing when these things have been challenged in court as an antitrust violation, the courts have been ruling against the NCAA. Because what the courts are saying, essentially, is it doesn't matter that it was in the idea of competition. The common thread, according to this law professor, and he is right, is that the NCAA rules that limit the schools on how to freely allocate their own resources run afoul of antitrust laws. And that the defense that we've seen put forth before by the NCAA, that it's all in the name of competition, even in this in the cases where the courts have agreed that that could be a a fundamental concept. In practice, they have disagreed that it has actually promoted competition. And so they've ruled against the NCAA. So basically, if any of that made sense to you, what this law professor is saying is if you look lately at how the court system has handled the NCAA, it doesn't bode well for the NCAA going after Michigan here or the Big Ten going after Michigan here for the violation of that whole scouting on campus thing. Did that make any sense? Okay, let's go around the horn here on ESPN Radio. <laughs> She's the big brain lawyer, Amber Wilson. I'm just a hick from Louisiana. Uh, and Ian Fitzsimmons, along with James Steele I mean, and Ryan James, Matlack. Let's go James around the horn. Eyes are anybody else, the back of his head. Does anybody asleep. else's head hurt right now? You're, James. You're, you're just a hick from Louisiana. I'm just a yinzer from Pennsylvania. I have no idea what she said. I, I blacked out. Matlack. A minute in, I think. Matlack, at what point did you, did you just go, can somebody give me a labat? <laughs> oh my goodness! A labat and a Molson, one for each fest. That was I two hours. Ago. Canadian I whiskey, a little was, Canadian club. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell if it was what I was saying or if it's my connection because we've been We're having the got some technical difficulties. We're fighting through it, but we we got the, the gist of it. All right, phone lines are now open at eight 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 say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Did anybody get the gist of a lawyer <laughs> Amber? 
in what she just said with Michigan being the most Michigan thing. If that's dumbing it down, I mean, there are shoes that are smarter than I am. We just got lawyered. Yeah, we, we, got, got we got lawyered up. I, really tried to, I tried I mean, the, to simplify this law review article for the, you guys. The Florida Gator. It was wildly interesting. I, I, I tend to agree <laughs> with this Michigan professor, by the way. I tend to agree with him that it could be problematic God, if it's challenged in court. So the whole, the whole thing is, Ian, and I'll simplify it this way. What he's saying is that the NCAA and the Big Ten don't want to find themselves in court over this. Because That's all you it, had to say? Because because it could cause bigger problems. Six minutes. In terms of their rules. And 32 seconds. Being antitrust violations. <laughs> of, of lawyerese. So you don't want to go after Michigan because it could cause much bigger problems down the road in terms of the rules. I thought I was explaining it. It was a great explanation, way. but about three minutes into it, I'm going, oh, man. Yeah. And James, James Steele, our producer, got in my ear going, she is lawyer- lawyering the bleep out of this. Yeah, I got, I got, I got a little too nerdy. Apparently, <laughs> you got into it. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you were, you were sitting there in court. I mean, right there. I mean, you were. Heck, you were Harvey Specter in suits. I mean, or Jessica, whatever her name is, Pearson. Right. I mean, that, I will you, say, I, you I, went I full hear- boat. I, I did. I did, and I don't tend to do that. I mean, I am also the radio host. <laughs> Who said three seven seven sex the other day? So right. there's both sides. There are both sides to Dwight in Dallas. Dwight, you are on ESPN Radio. How much of, of of the explanation of Michigan being Michigan did you actually understand from a lawyer Amber? I appreciate you guys taking my call. I usually call in on Harry and uh, Fr- Freddie and Harry, but I'm getting off work a little bit late. Uh, I have no clue what Amber was saying. Uh, <laughs> I, I love the I, I love her enthusiasm, and I'm kind of convicted with what she was saying. If I knew what she was saying, I feel like I would be convicted by it. Yeah, Dwight, thank you for the phone call. I'm with you. I mean, it was said with passion, with force, with authority, and I have I no damn idea smart, what she right? meant. Except in the end when you went, you basically just don't want to do this if you're the NCAA. I understood that. That's dumbing it down. I was dumbing it down. I dumbed it down at the end for you people. <laughs> Six and a half years of undergrad right here, man. So remember that. At Bama. There we go. When we're going to get dumb it down, we got to get really low. Mike Tannenbaum, we don't need to dumb it down for him. He joins us coming up next right here on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Bet till your hands bleed. 28, 19, and 2 on the year. We gave you under 38 in the NFL tonight between Carolina and the, the Bears. Louisville minus 20. Buy it down to 20 tonight. Gats about to kick off. And this one, we're going to go with Central Florida tonight. It's a 4 and 5 team against the Pokes of Oklahoma State. Yeah, they just won the last Battle of Bedlam against a top 10 team. They're only favored by three. Give me the Knights of Central Florida plus the three. Buy it up on ESPN. Bet. Bet to your hands bleed UCF. 
it's not so much about the Bengals being back. The Bengals are back because their quarterback is back. He makes everybody feel better. I feel like the Bengals, Joe Burrow is getting healthier. They're finding that rhythm. They've started out slow in the past, so this is not a team that's going to panic when they get off to a 1-3 and three start. I believe in the Bengals. Now they're winning, and they're beating good teams, and he's healthy. That is the picture of value. When he's hurt, they struggle. When he's healthy, they win. Yeah. That's value. That's why the Bengals are back. With Amber Wilson, I'm Ian Fitzsimmons. You're on Amber and Ian, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's bring in the former general manager of the New York Jets, Miami Dolphins front office, been around the NFL for over three decades. He's our good friend Mike Tannenbaum, who joins us at this time every single Thursday. We'll touch on C.J. Stroud. We'll also get into the future of the Patriots and why he believes the tush push cannot be replicated by any team in the NFL or in college football. Mike T., Always appreciate the time every single Thursday here on ESPN Radio. Let's start there with the Bengals, though. No T. Higgins for the Bengals this week, but it looks like Jamar Chase is going to play. When you look at the Bengals, how deep is this team, especially at the skill positions where Joe Burrow has so many weapons week in and week out, even when someone goes down? And you nailed it. That's what they have. They have tremendous depth at skill players. Yeah, the skill position, you think about even like Tyler Boyd, who's a, probably a very underrated receiver in the league, and most teams would really struggle missing somebody of T. Higgins' ability, but Jamar Chase is a bonafide number one difference maker, and by all accounts, it looks like he's going to be able to roll, and I expect the Cincinnati offense to continue to stack wins and continue to improve after a very, very slow start. You know, we always talk about the, the offense and Joe Burrow and all those weapons, but Lou Amarillo, one, I think should be in the, in, in the hunt for maybe a head coaching job. Uh, two, is that defense on the other side of the ball for the Bengals, how, how underappreciated is that unit? Yeah, I think they're young, going to continue to get better. You know, you go back over the last couple of years, adding like the Dax Hills of the world, they're young, they're fast. Um, and up front, they got a couple guys in Hubbard and Hendrickson who could rush the passer. Uh, Pratt's made some plays for them at linebacker. And, you know, Burroughs can get the headlines. But this defense is, again, to me, it's young and it's going to continue to get better. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Uh, you know, Mike Tannenbaum from NFL GM, one of our NFL analysts and, and insiders, joining us here on Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. On the other side, they've got to face C.J. Stroud. 2,200-plus yards, 14 touchdowns, only one INT in that remarkable comeback last week. When was the last time, if ever, you've seen a rookie do what C.J. Stroud is doing right now? I don't know if I've ever seen it. It's really impressive. And last week I thought, boy, when Tampa scored late, I'm like, well, that's a heck of a win for the Buccaneers. And then Stroud goes right down the field. And it was really remarkable how good he, he's playing. Accuracy, anticipation. I mean, the entire skill set is there. Yeah, and the other part, they've got a book on him now, Mike T., and he's still doing this. So, I mean, that that's, to me is what's so rare is that if a rookie quarterback gets hot early, normally you get a book on him, you see some tendencies, and then he's got to, you know, kind of readjust. So when you watch him, is he is he adapting and correcting things that he had tendencies early on? I mean, well, what, what is it with this young man out of Ohio State? I think he's getting more and more comfortable. He's going through his reads. He, he plays with a really good foundation, really good progression, and – I think every week he'll get more and more comfortable. And let's face it, they don't have great weapons. You know, we talked about Cincinnati earlier, Ian. You know, they're so deep, they're going to miss Higgins and they're going to be fine. And, you know, let's face it, like that skill group is young for Houston, really not great. It's still emerging. So that makes his production even that much more impressive. 
Well, let's get to something that's also impressive, and it's indefensible, and that is the tush-push, the brotherly shove, whatever you want to call it in Philadelphia. You and I talked about this off-air, but I want you to share with America, and it's outstanding analysis as to why we all know the NFL is a copycat league, the, and in college football, also copycats what the NFL does, but you, you pointed out so well why Philadelphia is the only team that really can do this every single time and be successful. What is it about Philadelphia that nobody else has that they can't replicate the tush push? Yeah, a couple of things. You know, they have guards that are outstanding fits, and also they have a quarterback that can squat 600 pounds. I mean, <laughs> it's just – it's physics, you know? And it's the one – and, and Fitz, you it's cover physics. Other, uh, you cover other sports like – this is the only play in all four sports where you're actually telling your opponent what play is coming, and they still can't stop it. Yeah, and, and Jason, you also mentioned that Jason Kelsey is strong as an ox, and he and his, I mean, he gets so damn low with low, those two yep, former centers yep. as, as guards, and one Landon Dickerson who's as strong as an ox. You can't replicate that. So why is everyone else yep. still trying to do it? Yep, it's. I'm telling you, and. Jalen Hurts can squat 600 pounds. So you put, you know, Dickerson, Kelsey with that combination, it's really, really hard to beat. And again, what's so remarkable to me is like the defense knows that it's coming and they still can't stop it. When you watch another team try and do it, Mike T, you just go, dude, just stop. You you, you can't do it. Philadelphia is the only team that can do it. You almost laugh. Yeah. I mean, we see some injuries. It's just, it's definitely, uh, you people just can't execute it. And uh, look, you gave Philly credit. Like, you know, our league's about competition and stop it. You know, go stop it. Yeah, and and they, and they can't. And you also can't replicate it. So maybe stop trying to do what the what the only team in the NFL or in college football can do, and that is a tush push. Mike Tannenbaum here with us on Amber and Ian getting you ready for another Thursday night tilt on Prime, Amazon Prime. It's Oh, Mike T, it's it's my little brother and the Carolina Panthers against the lowly Chicago Bears. Should we all get paid to watch this game? <laughs> hey, let's go see a couple of young quarterbacks, Tyson Bajan and, uh, you know, you're Bryce Young, and hopefully Bryce will start playing better. I thought he would be playing better at this point. He needs to just go out there and make first downs. He can't be worrying about being compared to C.J. Stroud. He's got to just be Bryce Young. That's playing good enough. And play with a little bit more poise. Like, he had two pick sixes. That was really rare to see that last week against Indy, and I hope and expect he'll play better this week. Yeah, you mentioned don't try and compare yourself to, to C.J. Stroud, but they're also so banged up, man. Houston isn't, they are. How much of that do, you know, does a general manager, does an owner like Dave Tepper really truly take into account how riddled this team is with injuries? No. You know, like, because I think everyone does have injuries now, like you talk about Brian Burns being out, that that's hugely consequential. Um, but Again, even if he could just be a little bit better, I think that will tamp down the noise. But, yeah, they are banged up. But, look, I think most teams this time of year could say, hey, here's who we're missing. I mean, that's well. I'm trying to come up with an excuse for little brother. Mike T didn't help me very much. <laughs> I get you. <laughs> you didn't help me at all. What's going on in, with New England, man? Is this it for Bill Belichick, in your opinion? Gosh, I'm shocked. I, you know, Max Jones, his rookie year, led that team to the playoffs. I'll play Tom Brady head-to-head when they play that great game between Tampa and New England, and he's gotten a lot worse. And, uh, you know, I don't think Coach Belichick's coaching for a job, but, I, I, gosh, it's amazing how far they've fallen and how fast it's happened. 
How much is the regression of Mac Jones, what Bill Belichick did to him last year, and having Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, a defensive coordinator and a special teams coordinator, calling offensive plays? You know, candidly, I had to answer that question differently two months ago because I would have said for sure. But now, like, he's not playing good. You know, and he's making bad decisions. You know, they had some opportunities against the Dolphins, and the one thing he can't do late in that first half is throw a pick. Throws an easy pick to Jalen Ramsey. Like, and again, going back to Bryce Young, like, you got to be better than that. Like, you're going to make mistakes, but those are ones you just can't. No doubt. All right, last one for you, man. We'll turn you loose. We greatly appreciate your time here on a Thursday night with football on the horizon. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, you know, the the whole you know alleged scandal with sign-stealing at Michigan. Personally, I do not think this is going to impact any NFL team where they want Jim Harbaugh to come be their head coach. What do you think? Completely agree. Do you know he has the fifth highest winning percentage in the history of our sport as an NFL head coach? Fifth. So... Look, we don't know what happened. We don't know the details, but let's just keep that in mind. If a team needs a head coach, I'm sure he'll be on the list. How much does his quirky personality impact whether a team would want him or not? Well, you know, I think, like, you you would have to sit down and talk to him about systems, processes, what happened, how do we know it won't happen again. Um, you got to work within an organization. But, like, at the end of the day, like, go back to University of San Diego, Stanford, obviously San Francisco, Michigan. Like, guy's been a winner every place he's been. Mike T, let's see if uh, the Carolina Panthers can get a win tonight. Lord knows we need it. Thank you, man. We always appreciate your time, Mike. Thanks, everybody. All right. right. Thanks. Take care. It's our pleasure, man. It's Mike Tannenbaum every Thursday right here on Amber and Ian here on ESPN Radio. We mentioned C.J. Stroud having a remarkable year. Over 2,200 yards, 14 touchdowns, only the one pick, and he has his team at 500. Let's dive more into the evolution of this remarkable quarterback as a rookie out of Ohio State right here when you return on ESPN Radio. C.J. Stroud is an absolute beast right now. And at this point, in a rookie quarterback's campaign, normally teams have gotten a book on them. They're seeing some tendencies. And you see them take a dip at the midway point in the NFL season if they started out hot. C.J. Stroud is not taking a dip. He's thrown for over 2,200 yards, 14 touchdowns, one INT. The one knock is a completion percentage. It's at 62%. But still, uh, for a rookie, those numbers are absolutely sensational. With Amber Wilson, I'm Ian Fitzsimmons. You're on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. You can always join the conversation at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. But Amber, he had some tendencies. He's evolving. As Mike Tannenbaum pointed out, that's the most amazing thing about CJ right now is that he's seeing things, identifying things on film, and then not replicating them, not doing them again. That's remarkable for any rookie quarterback. When you look at him right now, I mean, it's, I mean, he's, you talk about an immediate star that has just been planted right now in the National Football League. I give you the quarterback out of Ohio State. It's crazy to think that this is also the quarterback that late in the scouting process, what was it, the C2 test or whatever they call it, the thing that replaced the Wonderlick. How quickly can you process things? Yeah, yeah, and there was some report out there that C.J. Stroud had bombed it and Bryce Young had blown it out of the water. You know, I... I heard McAfee joke about whether the, the Texans had floated that report so that the Panthers would choose Bryce Young with the number one overall pick because how stupid does it look now with the way that C.J. Stroud not just plays the game but processes the field and very clearly has no problem processing information quickly. You had that signature win last weekend. He goes 75 yards, 
to bring his team back to beat the Bucks with 46 seconds left, I believe. I mean, we thought Baker had done it. You know, we were ready to stand up and give Baker Mayfield the standing ovation for getting his team down the field with two no, minutes Amber, left. No, Amber, I damn near did. Back. I'm like, right. good for you, Bake. Good for yeah, you, man. Yeah, like, hey, Baker, <laughs> like, good job, buddy. And then C.J. Stroud came in and said, nah, man, I'm rookie of the year. Move over, Baker Mayfield. I can do this, too. I'm going to do it with 47 seconds left or 46 seconds left. And it's how calm and collected he is in those moments. Yes, it's not always perfect. Like you mentioned, it's not always going to be perfect. But it's the way that he handles things. He looks like he's just made to play the part at this point. And the results are inarguable. He is having one of the best rookie seasons that we've seen. The numbers are off the chart. A 148 almost passer rating is the highest in the game by a rookie quarterback in NFL history. He's just the sixth player to throw for 450 yards and five touchdowns with no interceptions. That list includes names like Peyton Manning. They, I mean, it's, it's every, you know, set in records, set in standards. It's the CJ Stroud experience, not even six months into his NFL career. I I would say that is extra remarkable when you consider the fact that he went to the team that should have theoretically had the number one overall pick. And we're just talking about how bad that team was this past season, right? And where they should have been. And we always say, hey, the number one or the number two, they're rewarded with going to a terrible team and it's darn near impossible for them to show up and show out early. CJ Stroud has certainly proven that theory wrong. Yeah, you go back and look at, Last year's Houston Texans team, they were in a few games. I mean, it wasn't like that. I mean, in every game they weren't getting their doors blown off, but they just needed you know better, better guys at the top. And D'Amico Ryan's was a home run hire. I covered him when he was at Alabama. I mean, I know him a little bit, and he, you have to have a GM coach quarterback relationship in order to succeed in the National Football League. And right now, at least in a very small sample size. The Houston Texans have hit on it. And for people who don't know C.J. Stroud, one, he's hilarious. Two, he will defend his teammates to the nth degree. He really doesn't care about the guy in the mirror. He cares about the guys around him more than anything. And I'll give you a prime example of that, Amber. At the NFL draft with Chris Canty, Chris Carlin, Mike Tannenbaum, and myself, he comes down and sits on our set, and we're you know talking about him being drafted, and he's very cliche-ish, and we're talking about himself. Then Mike T., Asked him about Jackson Smith and Jigba, who ended up going to the Seahawks while he was sitting down with us. And he goes, how much is a hamstring going to play in? And CJ bowed up. He's like, whoa, 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 uh-uh, don't you go there. And just starts going off about Jackson Smith and Jigba and you know what kind of a player he is. And you can't talk about soft tissue injuries. And, I mean, and he got, then the alpha came out. You know, When he talks about himself, he's very subdued and doesn't really, almost like he doesn't feel comfortable when you heap praise upon him. But you question one of his guys, he will fight you till the end and then fight you. I mean, like fight you till hell freezes over, then he's going to fight you on the ice. That's C.J. Stroud. And you're seeing it right now on the field because what he's doing, I mean, we have practically never seen before these kinds of numbers at the midway point in an NFL rookie quarterback's campaign. It's remarkable. And it's also coming on a team that we had no expectations for because Houston hasn't won more than four games in a season since 2019. They darn sure weren't supposed to start doing that this season. And D'Amico Ryan's first season and C.J. Stroud's first season. Meanwhile, Stroud 
leading the league in touchdown to interception ratio, 14 to 1. He broke the NFL record for the most pass attempts without an interception to start a career with 191. He has absolutely breathed life into that city that had such a terrible ending with the Deshaun Watson situation. And even before the allegations against Deshaun Watson, don't forget Deshaun Watson not wanting to be there asking for a trade, trying to force his way out of Houston when he had been their guy for so long. So those fans have been desperate for something, some sort of hope to look forward, moving forward, and this is it. I mean, they have it. They have it in front of them in the coaching staff and in the quarterback year one out of the gate, Ian. I mean, that never happens. Imagine what we were talking about earlier in the show with Justin Fields, right? As much as Justin Fields has shown some talent. He's been through football hell. He's been through football hell. And we all sit here like, is Justin Fields the guy? Is he not the guy? You know, and we ask it year after year because we don't really know. And yet in Houston, we know. I mean, bada bing, bada boom. A couple months in, you knew, hey, this seems to be the dude. And yes, it's early. And yes, things can happen. And injuries can derail careers. And things can change. And just ask Carson Wentz. Like, it can be a different story. One year, you can be an MVP. And, and the next season, it, it may look or the, like... Or the opposite with Trevor right. Lawrence. You know what I mean? People, there you go. Th- this is what drives me nuts about quarterbacks. With Amber Wilson on me and Fitzsimmons here on ESPN Radio. By the way, quick score update. If you happen to wager on Louisville, Virginia, Louisville's up 7-zip midway through the first quarter. Look at Trevor Lawrence in his rookie year with that disaster of a coaching hire in Urban Meyer. But you had so many people across the country, experts going, Trevor Lawrence might be a bust. Man, tap the damn brakes. Like you're hearing about Bryce Young right now. I mean, you've got guys in the Carolina Panthers that are introducing themselves during practice. There's mamas and daddies out there that don't know their sons are playing in this game tonight. That's how far they went on the, you know, the, the couch depth chart to get to. They're missing what? Both starting guards, Brian Burns, Shaq Thompson. That, you can go on down the list. And people are going, well, Bryce Young, man, I don't know. Same folks are saying that about Trevor Lawrence. And how's that working out right but now? But how, how do you explain that we do know is C.J. Stroud, right? And we don't know. With Bryce Young, and by the way, bad bad teams, right? But how do we explain it, right? That and and that's such a weird thing about quarterbacks. That's hard. To your point, it's hard. I was, but, but, I was but, one of those but, people who questioned Trevor Lawrence. I didn't ever think he was a bust. I wasn't willing to say that. But I do think when you come into the league as the most decorated quarterback I ever remember, by the way, and that might not be true, but. I, I don't remember anybody since I've been in this business. I have never remembered more people being sure that somebody was going to be a hit than they were about Trevor Lawrence. And man, was it a slow start. And yes, Urban Meyer and the disaster and everything that happened. And it was a slow start under Doug Peterson as well. But of course, it was going to be he's adjusting to a new system. Fine. It looks great now. I get it. But how do we explain that? Like he took the time and yet. Then you have C.J. Stroud right out of the gate. Bada bing, bada bing. Like, amazing, right? I mean, Patrick Mahomes out of the gate, although he wasn't starting initially, right? But when he got his opportunity. his first year, yeah. Behind Alex Smith. But once he got his opportunity, we knew he was great. I mean, some of these guys, it, it seems like it's a different story. For every guy, and it's just so hard to know five years down the road. You drilled it right there. You drilled it right there. Every team is different. And the one big part for C.J. Stroud also is that for the most part, the Texans have remained relatively healthy, especially in front of them. That's a big part also. But it's been remarkable so to fun. watch, and, uh, and, and he's, he is a blast to watch, and they're a phenomenal story right now in the National Football League. All right, coming up next, if you want to wager on Thursday Night Football and on, on, on some games on the weekend, we bring in a betting expert for you next right here on ESPN Radio on the ESPN app.